You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Hi, this is Pastor Chris from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine. And I want to share with you in a few minutes how to grow strong in the Christian life, even when life is painful. And you could be going through a lot of pain and anxiety right now between the COVID-19 virus, uh, between just the difficulties in life. Some people are out of work. Some people work is overwhelming. Uh, some people don't know what they're going to do with their future. They don't know about their job. Is their job safe? Are they going to lose their job? Uh, there's riots in the street. Some are peaceful protests, but some of them are turning into riots. Depending on where you live, there's concern about that. Uh, there's division. There's racial division. There's political division. There's all sorts of division and uncertainty and fear. There's a fear of police. There's a fear of not having police. Uh, anxiety, hopelessness, and Paul, Silas, and Timothy wrote a letter to encourage the church at Thessalonica. What's interesting is it appears that uh, they were there, Paul was there preaching in Thessalonica. Some Bible scholars say it was three weeks. Some Bible scholars say it was three months. But either way, it wasn't a very long time for uh, the message to be preached and for these people to respond and become Christ followers. So I wanted to uh, talk about that. But in that three weeks or three months, uh, a life change, the life-changing good news was brought to the Jews, Gentiles, to men, to women. Other uh, lives were changed for eternity. The church grew quickly and became an example. So we're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. Let me read that to you. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. So number one, strength begins with the gospel. Strength begins with the gospel. Again, verse 5, because our gospel came to you uh, not simply with words. It wasn't just words. Uh, The word of God is powerful and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Um, But if you want to be strong in the Lord, if you want to be strong in character, if you want to be strong to endure in hard times, you need to first believe and apply the gospel and become a Christ follower. That's the first foundational thing that needs to happen if you want to grow strong in the Christian life. So the gospel is good news. Uh, Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It says that in Romans 6.23. So the Fundamentals of the gospel are all are sinners and therefore lost. God loves the sinner, but must punish the sin. No one can save themselves by any means. Christ has provided for our salvation. Repenting is desiring to turn away from sin and turn towards Jesus. And the sinner must personally accept by faith God's provision of salvation. 
So these are the things that need to happen for us to be saved. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Have you done that? Have you become a child of God? Some say we're all children of God, but actually we're all God's creation. We become children of God when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You know John 3.16, that God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Have you believed in Jesus? Have you accepted the gospel? gospel, have you received Jesus Christ? Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Have you done that? Have you declared with your mouth, Jesus is Lord? Turn to somebody right now and say, Jesus is Lord. Or maybe call somebody, text somebody. Um, Jesus is Lord. Can you say that? Do you mean it? It's with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. John 3.36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. Acts 10.43, Acts 10.42 and 43, He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that He is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about Him that everyone who believes in Him receives forgiveness of sins through His name. His name is Jesus. Acts 13.39, through him everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you are not able to obtain under the law of Moses. So if you want that victorious life, if you want that freedom in life, if you want to live that courageous life, that, that life that makes all the difference in the world, you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Number two, power comes through the Holy Spirit. Power comes through the Holy Spirit. Power is not from ourselves. Paul wasn't the ultimate salesman that could sell ice to Eskimos or sand to Arabs. Paul's words came from the Holy Spirit and he spoke through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can empower you with your witnessing, your service, your teaching, your writing, your posts, your ministry. The Holy Spirit can help you understand scripture. The Holy Spirit spoke through the authors to give us the scriptures. We need power through the Holy Spirit. Verse 5 again, uh, part B, 5B. First uh, Thessalonians 1, 5b, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. So Paul spoke and the Holy Spirit empowered those words and the Holy Spirit assured those people that what they were hearing was true. The Holy Spirit convicted those people that what they uh, needed to do was to repent of their sins and believe in Jesus, that they needed to to convert, to follow after Christ. The Holy Spirit convicts us and helps us to do that. The Holy Spirit draws lost people. He gives them assurance that the message is true and they need God. Um, the Holy Spirit convicts of sin. 1 Corinthians 2.4 uh, Paul writes, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a de demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but God's power. So Paul, again, says, you know, it's not my words, it's not my perfect message, it's not my great sales presentation, it's the Holy Spirit working through me. And so many times, if we would show up and be available for the Holy Spirit to use us, the Holy Spirit could do great things through us, um, with us. Um, so many times, it's not like, oh, look what I did for God, aren't I awesome, I'm a gift, God really needs me. It's more like, oh, look what... Jesus did through me. Look, the Holy Spirit did through me. The Holy Spirit empowered me to do that. Praise be to God. Give God all the glory. Paul says the Holy Spirit used him to share the truth and preach for life change. You know, teaching 
uh, educates and imparts knowledge and preaching seeks to change behavior and change lives, transform lives. So uh, preaching is considered foolishness. Uh, the Bible says it's foolishness, but it's got the power of the gospel. So preaching is important. It's good to tune in to and listen to preachers. Number three, number three, growth and endurance is more effective with other Christ followers. If you truly want to grow, if you truly want to grow in Christ, uh, it's a lot easier to do it with others. It's a lot easier to do it when you go to a life group, when you go to a Bible study group, when you are with somebody, connecting with somebody, talking about faith, sharing faith, praying together, growing together, than it is if you just read the Bible or read a book about it and then try to do it on your own. So there's so much more that comes out of that. So you go to church, you go to Bible study, you go to a life group. We're more likely to learn, grow, serve when we learn from others. Um, we learn methods, we get motivated, we gain confidence. There's an accountability, commitment, and then celebration. And it is such an awesome thing to be able to participate in that, participate in life together with others. That's why local churches are so important. First Thessalonians 1, 5c, third part of the verse, through verse 6. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. There's the Holy Spirit again, given joy, gives power, gives joy. Uh, so glad that when we get saved, Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. So I used to uh, work at a Hardee's restaurant uh, when I was in high school, started at Hardee's, and I uh, was getting trained in. I was getting trained in. Actually, my grandparents owned the Hardee's restaurant, and they wanted me to know the Hardee's way. So uh, I got the big manual. I was quite a reader, so I read the Hardee's training manual. I would read it, and then uh, someone took me in the back in the kitchen and showed me, or in the, up front to the registers and showed me, and then uh, I would do it, and then they would evaluate. So I'd read, see, do, evaluate. And the same thing is helpful in the Christian life, to be with somebody and uh, maybe see them do it, and then um, read uh, like a discipleship book on how to do it, uh, do it, and then have somebody evaluate you. You can do that with uh, sharing your faith, with children's ministry, with preaching a sermon, with um, so many different things. It's great to have other people around. Uh, reading the book, is reading the Bible is powerful um, and so important, and you surely should not skip that. But reading the Bible and then having other people in your life to help you apply the Bible to your life, to help you learn ministry skills, to help you discover your spiritual gift. Uh, so many things you can learn from others. And there's so many people in my life that I have learned from. This verse talks about suffering, uh, suffering persecution with joy, with joy. So suffering with joy. But let's get back to this uh, doing stuff together. God created the church because he knew we would be more effective together. We learn how to live the life Christ desires better together uh, through Bible study, uh, through the church worship service, through church gatherings, through discipling, evangelism, um, giving, guidance, managing your time and gifts, missions and cross-cultural ministry, prayer, uh, having a quiet time, devotional life, uh, social justice and worship. Uh, those are all areas that we can grow in, all the things that we can learn, all things that we can participate in together. Let's talk about social justice for a minute because that's a big hot topic right now. Um, I've learned some things this week. So I know, I've always known that racism is sin. So God does not want us to be racist. Jesus is not racist. There needs to be racial reconciliation. We need to learn from each other. We need to listen to each other to try to understand where each person is coming from. 
So some things that I learned in the last week while I was listening um, to some videos and talking to some people, um, just real quick, is that I learned that uh, many support Black Lives Matter, but they don't necessarily agree with their support. The official blacklivesmatter.com organization, they have a belief statement that um, a lot of people that I've talked to say, I'm all for Black Lives Matter. I think it does. I know black lives do matter, um, but I don't agree with all the things that the blacklivesmatter.com organization stand for in their belief statement. You can look that up yourself. So, um, but the black history treatment and of the past and their current treatment needs to change. And so I agree. So I learned from some people that they don't want to be called African-Americans because they were born Americans and they've never been to Africa. And other people want to be called African-Americans and other people just want to be referred to as black. So that are colored people. So I learned that not everyone agrees with Candace Owens. Uh, she's very good at speaking um, and she has great presentations, but I learned that her experience does not represent all of those who suffer pain and fear racial inequality. So those are some things that I learned. Another thing that I learned, uh, whenever we hear white privilege, we're like, what? I don't have any privilege. But it's a concept that says white people are treated better or given the benefit of the doubt more than a person of color. So it is in like a situation, if I'm walking through the neighborhood, nobody really thinks of it, where if you're black and uh, you're walking through a neighborhood that's primarily white, people are looking at you suspiciously, assuming possibly that you're guilty until proven innocent. And again, this isn't everybody's experience, but this is some people's experience and why they're upset. But there's much disagreement in every area, no matter who they are, no matter what race, no matter what color they are, everybody's disagreeing on something. So, but with racial reconciliation and social justice, we need to figure out what it is we can do. We need to figure out what it is that um, people are upset about. We need to listen and see, you know, their experiences and what they've been through and try to get an understanding and then be helpful, be allies, be uh, ready to support and encourage and work together. So we all need to get together. So I also learned that, um, uh, when people say black lives matter, they're not saying that other lives don't matter, uh, you know, because all lives matter and blue lives matter. But what they're saying is that uh, right now um, there's a problem with black lives that needs to be fixed. There's a problem with the way people are treated. There's a problem uh, in our society. Black lives uh, matter. It's the one uh, issue that needs to be worked on right now. So I know there's a lot of other issues, but I'm just telling you, I've been listening this week and those are some things that I learned. So right now media has, I'm not sure what, like 24 different videos that talk about racial reconciliation. We'll probably post some more links on our website to uh, things that you can watch or listen to at riverrockchurch.com. But Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward loving good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews 10.24. So think about that. How can we do this more? We need to connect with others. The church is people, not a building. We need to spur each other around. We need to motivate. We need to challenge. We need to equip each other. Um, in 1 Corinthians 4.16, Paul says, Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. 
uh, 1 Corinthians 11.1, uh, you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. So we learn good and bad by imitating. So I don't know if I've shared this with you before, but uh, I have this dog, uh, this Australian Shepherd dog. I think we've had like seven Australian Shepherd dogs. Uh, we've got two of them right now. So this one is five now, and the other one's like 14. But anyway, uh, when we got the one that's five, we got him when he was a puppy, and we noticed that uh, he stuck his tongue out of his mouth, not like a dog, you know, sticking his tongue out of his mouth panting, but he'd just sit there like this all the time. And it's like so weird. What's wrong with the dog? The dog's got, dog's got a problem. The dog's broken. Checked into it. Turns out that's a common thing for a dog to do, especially a big furry dog like he is. Uh, it's a way for them to cool themselves. So the dog who's 14 never did that before. Never did that before this one came along. And after a while, she does it now too. So I have two dogs laying around with their tongue sticking. They sleep like this too, with their tongue sticking out of their mouth like this. It's so weird. So we laugh at him and he's like, what, what? And he's like, mm. Anyway, um, imitation. Sometimes we learn things by imitation. Uh, racism is something that's imitated. So um, the way we treat police is something that is imitated, that's learned. And we need to do what we can to make sure that we are honoring um, and obeying and working with the police to make the uh, place that we live better. Um, police need to be reformed if they are uh, not doing stuff right. Uh, we need to make sure we teach our kids that it doesn't matter what color you are, it doesn't matter um, what, if you're a boy or girl, it doesn't matter, um, all those different things. Uh, what matters is God created us all, and we need to respect and care for each other. So anyway, all right, let's back, get back to this imitating thing again, okay? Would you want people to imitate you? Uh, what would you do if I told you that we've been secretly following you around for the last week and now we're going to air that in a special YouTube video? Uh, we are going to air a week in your life. What would you do? What would you think? What would you Oh, would you be like, go ahead, I got nothing to hide? Or would you be like, oh no, we need to edit some of that stuff? Uh, if I told you in advance that we were going to do this, what would you change? Would you go around your house and get rid of some stuff? And would you like stage your house? Would you put other things there that aren't normally there? Would you like get rid of the, the TV and replace it with a big Bible? Um, would you, what would you do? Uh, what would you change? What would you get rid of? What would you go get? Um, kind of scary if you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. So anyway, um, so we're not perfect but yet God can still use us. We're not perfect, yet we still have an opportunity to be an example to others. I read this story about Mario, uh, not the video game, but let me tell you about this uh, from Tim Chester, uh, A Meal with Jesus, page 95 and 96. Young man finds Christ through an imperfect Christian family. Jim Peterson tells the story of Mario, a friend from South America, with whom he had studied the Bible for four years with before Mario became a Christian. The Bible studies reflected the fact that Mario was a Marxist intellectual who'd read all the leading Western philosophers. A couple of years after his conversion, Jim and Mario were reminiscing. Do you remember what it really was that made me decide to become a Christian? Mario asked. Peterson thought of all their Bible studies and philosophical discussions. Mario's reply took him by surprise. He said, remember that first time I stopped by your house? We were on our way someplace together, and I had a bowl of soup with you and your family. As I sat there observing you, your wife, and your children, and how you related to each other, I asked myself, when will I have a relationship 
like this with my fiance. When I realized that the answer was never, I concluded I had to become a Christian for the sake of my own survival. Peterson did not remember the occasion. He remembered his children behaving badly and his frustration at having to correct them in front of Mario. Yet Mario saw the grace of Christ binding that family together, and years later, Peterson would comment on this incident. He says, We tend to see the weaknesses and incongruities in our lives, and our reaction is to recoil at the thought of letting outsiders get close enough to see us as we really are. Even if our assessment is accurate, it is my observation that any Christian who is sincerely seeking to walk with God in spite of all of his flaws is reflecting something of Christ. All right, number four, strength that others can depend on. Strength that others can depend on. So your life can bless others. Uh, the blessings of your faith in action. Uh, during the weekend, the things that you do, uh, the way that you work, uh, school, home, uh, things that you comment or post online, um, when you don't think anyone can see, um, you can bless others um, or you can embarrass yourself. So character is actually what you do when you don't think you'll be find out, found out. So uh, character is what you'll do, uh, what you'd be willing to do, what you'll actually, actually do uh, if you don't think that anybody would ever know, if anybody would ever would know the things that you did. So uh, these riots, uh, Seattle, this woman was wearing a mask and she torched like five police cars. So they've got video of her setting these on fire, but she's wearing a mask, right? But the ATF identified her in the video by her finger tattoos and her eyebrows. So uh, I'm not really sure what was up with her eyebrows. Uh, somehow they maybe she had COVID eyebrows. Maybe she wasn't able to do anything about them because of the lockdown. But anyway, um, they identified her by those things. And now she gets to go to jail. And that's, uh, you reap what you sow. 1 Thessalonians 1, 7. So you... Became, so Paul was a model. Now for the church in Thessalonica, Thessalonica uh, Thessalonians, uh, it says, You became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. So when the Romans conquered Greece, they divided it into Macedonia and Achaia. So basically a model to all the believers in Greece. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we don't need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. So these people knew about the faith of the Thessalonians. These people knew, and so Paul and Timothy and Silas are like, hey, we're hearing about what you did and how you treated us and the way they're living for Jesus from other people all throughout Greece, and it is awesome. You are a model to follow. So, uh, the Thessalonian church is a model of faithfulness. They proclaimed the gospel and they cared for God's appointed leaders. Uh, Paul also said in Romans 8, uh, when he wrote to Paul, the apostle Paul, when he wrote to the Romans, he said, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. Hey, is anybody noticing your faith? Is anybody reporting on your faith? Is anybody uh, noticing that there's something different about you? Maybe when you got saved, when you came into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, things in your life started to change. Maybe your mouth and the words that you use, maybe you don't swear anymore, swear as much anymore. Maybe you don't drink as much anymore. Um, maybe you're finding victory over uh, temptations. Uh, your faith in action. Maybe you're quick to share your faith in Jesus with others. Maybe you're quick to help others because you've got uh, Jesus' love flowing through you and the Holy Spirit empowering you. Number five, uh, strength to live, expecting Jesus to return. 
strength to live, expecting Jesus to return. Uh, the Christian life is awesome, often more of a marathon than a sprint. Your worldview and Christian beliefs will affect your values and life choices. Uh, again, in John 3.16, the gospel says that God's uh, love uh, goes to whoever believes in Jesus. But John 3.36 says God's wrath remains on those who don't believe in Jesus. So don't forget that part in your gospel presentation. So yeah, Jesus' love and blessing and answers to prayer and everything are a great reason to get saved. And another one is because if you don't receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will be left behind. You will not go with Jesus. You will be separated from God for eternity. You will go to a place called hell. First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.9 they tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. So um, they turned from their idols. Numerous mythological Greek gods would supposedly protect them and help them. Uh, supposedly, they lived 50 miles away on Mount Olympus. Um, but these Thessalonians went against the culture, and they turned away from these idols to follow Jesus. And that's one of the reasons that they were persecuted. The believers had turned to God from idols. John Walvoord, uh, John makes an important point. They turned to God from idols, not from idols to God, in uh, the Bible commentary on uh, Thessalonian epistles. They did not seek to clean up their own lives by themselves. They did not try to reform themselves by turning away from idols and then turning to God. They turned to God first. Then with God's help and strength, they repented and turned away from idols. And that's what we need to do too. We need to bring ourselves, we need to give our lives to Jesus first and then let him clean us up. So we don't clean ourselves up to get right with God. We um, come to Jesus and then let the Holy Spirit start working on our life. And that's how we get cleaned up. So Justin Buzzard uh, had a blog post, That Idol You Love, It Doesn't Love You Back. And uh, he shares these assessment helps that he has, uh, these assessments that reveal four common idols. So he asks, what's your greatest fear? And what does that say about what you really worship? Pastor Justin Buzzard uses the following assessment tool to determine which idol lurks in your heart. Control. You know you have a control idol if your greatest nightmare is uncertainty. Do you feel uncertainty right now? I feel uncertainty, but I don't think I have a control idol. Approval. You know you have an approval idol if your greatest nightmare is rejection. Are you terrified of being rejected? Do you need people's approval? Will you do anything, even compromise your faith to get people's approval? It's not good. Comfort. Comfort. I like comfort food. I like waffles. Uh, comfort. You know you have a comfort idol if your greatest nightmare is stress or demands. So if you're stressed or feeling a lot of demands, uh, you are uncomfortable. And if that is your greatest nightmare, you have a comfort idol. And number four, the last one, uh, you know you have a power idol if your greatest nightmare is humiliation or embarrassment. Uh, humiliation or embarrassment. So um, videos open you up for a lot of opportunities for humiliation and embarrassment. So uh, I started recording this and then realized my collar was up in the air. So I had to start again. So kind of funny. Uh, you probably wouldn't care that my collar was up in the air, but my wife would. She wants me to look okay in these videos. God will not let sin continue unabated forever. Believers, however, can trust in their Savior who rescues them. Paul emphasized Christ's second coming throughout this book and 
Thessalonica. Because the Thessalonian church was being persecuted, Paul encouraged them to look forward to the deliverance that Christ would bring. A believer's hope is in the return of Jesus, the great God and Savior. Uh, Titus 2.11, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and to worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great and great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that is exciting. It changes our life um, when we are preparing, when we're working to prepare for Jesus' return. When we think about the fact that all the troubles that we have today are temporary because Jesus is coming back sometime. That will be exciting. Chuck Swindoll writes in the Living Insights Commentary. He writes, Now the Thessalonians had two purposes for their lives, to serve a living and true God and to wait for his, his Son from heaven. They displayed responsibility in the present, yet readiness for the future. They weren't anticipating the Lord's return so much that they neglected the present, and they weren't becoming so involved in their earthly affairs that they forgot the future. Instead, they balanced their past faith conversion and repentance from idolatry with their present pursuit of love and their embrace of the future hope of the return of Christ to save believers from the coming wrath that would one day be unleashed on the world. And that is a good balance to have. When Jesus ascended into heaven, the angel told the disciples who watched him go, This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven, which means that Jesus is coming back. Jesus ascended bodily. He will return bodily, and every eye will see him. Australian Australian theologian Leon Morris, in his Bible commentary, notes that the second coming is mentioned an average of every 13 verses from Matthew to Revelation. It's not a minor doctrine. Paul mentions it at the end of every chapter in 1 Thessalonians as well as in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and 2. Bible-believing Christians differ on many of the details regarding Jesus' coming, but they all agree with the fact that He is coming bodily. Jesus is coming back. Philippians 3.20 Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, uh, three application points from the Life Application Bible Commentary. Uh, The Thessalonians responded to the Lord's message wholeheartedly. All of us should respond to the good news as the Thessalonians did. Turn to God, serve God, and wait for His Son Christ to return from heaven. We should turn from sin to God because Christ is coming to judge the earth. Have you turned to God? If so, from what? What difference has it made in your life? We should be fervent in our service because we have little time before Christ returns. Are you serving God? If so, how? Is He pleased with your work for Him? We should be waiting for Christ to return and always be ready because we don't know when He will come. Do you eagerly await the coming of Christ from heaven? Why or why not? So I think I've said a lot of things in the short period of time that we've spent together. But really the most important thing is that you give your life to Christ and then you uh, grow and serve and model. Uh, You have so much life to live as you prepare for eternity with Jesus. Uh, So many things to do, so many things uh, that God has for you if you'll trust Him in faith. But the foundational point is that you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We talked about that in the beginning. And you can do that by praying something like this. Lord Jesus, 
I acknowledge I'm a sinner and that you died on the cross for my sins. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my life. Save me and make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow you. Amen. So um, if you prayed that, uh, let us know. That would be so encouraging if you would let us know if uh, you had made a faith commitment to Christ. So um, next Sunday, uh, Pastor Dan is going to share on Father's Day a message about living a mustard seed life. Jesus said, truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will tell this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. How is it possible to do the impossible? The simple answer is God has to do it. Come and find out how we can develop a life that accomplishes the impossible when we begin to live a mustard seed life. So you're invited to River Rock Church. So we're so glad that you're able to watch the videos, but we'd love to get together with you in person, acknowledging that we have to social distance and stay six feet away from each other. Uh, one part of that is that... Um, yeah, the COVID virus and all the rules. The other part of that is I heard of a church in uh, like two towns over that started to meet. And now some people in the church have the COVID virus. I don't know if they got it through the church. But so the church went from meeting inside. Now they're meeting outside again. So it's a real thing. People are still getting it. Um, don't discount it. Uh, we need to do what we can to keep each other from catching it. Uh, so anyway, if you have a prayer request, uh, riverrockchurch.com slash pray. Uh, if you'd like to listen to more of these messages, riverrockchurch.com slash listen. If you'd like to watch more videos of messages, riverrockchurch.com slash watch. We also have a private Facebook group, My River Rock, on Facebook. So uh, find us and ask to become part of it if you are uh, wanting to be part of River Rock Church. Uh, the only way we're supported is through your generous, faithful giving. You can give in person. You can give uh, by mail, P.O. Box 184, Belle Plaine, Minnesota, 56011. You can give online at riverrockchurch.com give. Uh, we have a mobile app, and you can text. We have text giving. Uh, you can see this on your screen here. You can text to riverrock uh, space church. Uh, they send that to uh, 73256, and that will get you started with text giving. Anyway, thank you so much for watching. Um, hopefully, uh, we will be able to get together uh, with you soon, see you soon, meet you soon. Uh, maybe we'll wave to each other because we're not supposed to shake hands. Maybe we'll bump elbows. I don't really know. But anyway, so I'm, uh, I'm done uh, for this uh, Sunday's message. I hope that you will uh, come to church or uh, watch the other uh, future messages from the book of First Thessalonians at River Rock Church. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.